Welcome to EdTech in 10. I'm Laura Carr. So I just finished a very long day of doing breakout boxes with fifth grade science students at an intermediate school in this area. And it dawned on me that we've never talked about breakout games, and I thought that would be something useful because they're really great ways to get kids engaged with the material and up and moving instead of just sitting and doing more worksheets. So basically the concept of a breakout game is very much like an escape room. Uh, The difference is instead of trying to break out of a room, they're trying to break into a box. And there are clues that they have to solve. And then as they solve these clues, they get codes for locks that have the box locked. And then they slowly work their way of getting all the, the locks undone so that they can get into the box. So we use setup and supplies that were actually from the company Breakout EDU. And they were the ones that kind of, you know, pioneered this. And when you order it, you get a box, you get a hasp that has six holes on it, and then all these different locks that you can put into the hasp so that you can customize how many or how few you have. Um, There are locks that are directional, so the clue that the students solve has to do with Um, going up, down, left, or right. There are locks that spell out words. There are locks that just have three-digit or four-digit numbers. It also comes with an invisible ink pen, so the clue is hidden and you have to shine like a black light on it, which they also supply you with. And um, there's also a USB drive, so if you have access to a computer and you want a clue to be on the USB drive, then maybe when they open up the box, there's another smaller box in there that has the USB, and they go run to the computer and solve that, and then it's back and forth. So then what I like about that is that it's completely customizable. If you've got littles and they don't have that much of an attention span, you can stick with maybe one or two locks. But if you've got older kids or more advanced kids, you can make it as difficult as you want. Now, in terms of where do I come up with these games? Breakout has free ones on their website that you can download, tweak, and and customize. Or if you just like the idea, you can change the content to whatever it is that you teach. They have free ones, and they've also added a paid platform that has a lot more that you can have access to. Um, I think it's about $100 a year. So if you've got PTA or fundraisers coming up, I, you know, try, that might be a good way to, to get that paid for. So it doesn't come out of your doesn't come out of your pocket because that's it's a little steep. There are also Facebook groups and things on Pinterest that people um, where people have posted games that they've made themselves. There's some on Teacher Pay Teacher. Again, I'm not a big advocate of having to pay for this sort of stuff, so I say there's plenty of free out there, so you shouldn't have to pay your own money. And once you've done a few of those and get a feel for it, you can start creating your own and creating your own clues. The teachers that I was helping today um, had made their own game about uh, fossils and sedimentary rock and just that whole sort of fossil process. And it actually went really well and the kids, the kids loved it. So um, they had pictures up all over the walls and there were clues hidden behind pictures that were relevant to um, 
the clues that were on the table. And then the kids had to come to the teacher at one point and prove that they knew this process so that they could get a key to unlock something else. So again, the possibilities are endless. Um, But I'm here to help facilitate and also um, to help reset the boxes. And that's what really got me inspired to do this is because there are some tips that we've that I've learned along the way that I think that would be really helpful for you um, just getting started so that maybe it's not quite so stressful for you. So here we go. So first of all, one of the things that I would recommend is figuring out your timing. Because if you, for example, um, switch classes every hour or every hour and a half, If your kids are going to take the entire class period to work on a breakout game, you need to take into account time to reset the boxes before your next class gets to work on them. And it takes a few minutes because you have to reset all of your clues, put whatever back in the box, attach all the locks back on the box, scramble them up, that sort of thing. And the way I like to do that, if if you know you're going to be working back to back to back, is have a second person there as your helper. And that's that's why I was working at that campus today um, because the teachers were taking turns and we had a couple of minutes in between each class and they needed somebody to be in here resetting while they were getting their kids wrangled and ready to move on. So if you can have a second person to help out, that's that's the way to do it. If not, you might want to consider spreading it out over a couple of days and maybe doing every other class so you had time to reset in between so it's not so stressful for you. Um, Another thing that's useful is the fact that you have multiple boxes and because you have multiple boxes you're going to have multiple keys, multiple thumb drives, multiple locks and to keep track of what goes where one of the things that we've done is we've labeled the boxes different colors and we've painted little dots on each lock and on each box with nail polish and even put a layer of Mod Podge over it to try to help seal it. It, it will eventually wear off, but we found that the nail polish lasts a lot longer than permanent marker or anything else that we've tried. So that's a great way to keep track because especially when you've got 10 keys. You need to know which one goes to which lock. So um, labeling them is a really good idea. Be aware of the type of lock that you're using and the age of your kids and how difficult it is. And I will say there are directional locks out there that it's just one big circle and you just move the circle with your thumb up, down, left, right. Those are horrible because resetting them is really difficult And if you don't do it just right, you've broken the lock forever, and then you can't use it, and you have to go buy another one. We've lost a bunch of locks that way, and we've stopped using them. And Breakout actually stopped sending them with their kits. Next up, we have the Word Lock, which is probably one of the most versatile locks you have, because they come with a variety of these little circle tumblers, so you can have letters, directions, or even colors for little kids that can't read yet. And this is great because you can have, you know, have the kids follow clues and the answer is a word and then you can spell out the word on the lock and then there's just, you know, a different way for them to solve a lock. But here's the thing. 
because the tumblers, circles, whatever you want to call them, are meant to come off so you can rearrange them to make more words, the locks fall apart fairly easily. In fact, that was one of the big reasons that I was at the school I was today, because pretty much, I would say maybe out of eight boxes they had, at least four every game had a word lock that fell apart. And, you know, you would think, oh, okay, it fell apart, put it back together, no big deal. But it has to be put a, put back together a very specific way because it's the the metal the metal tumblers underneath they have these little like red dots and the dots have to be lined up exactly underneath the word you're spelling so that the lock knows that okay this is the correct combination when the tumblers fall off and kids just throw them back on and spell the word if they don't throw them back on exactly where the red lines up then again, you have a lock that's broken that you can never undo. So what we always tell the kids is if that happens, if the little side comes off or one of the tumblers come off, stop. Don't touch it. Let a teacher handle it that knows how to put that lock back together and let them be the ones to do it. Because if not, even if the kids are like, oh, no, I got this. I know what I'm doing. Chances are it's not going to go well. My final tip is to think about what's going to happen when the kids finally do break into the box. Now, breakout EDU's overarching mindset is that the kids should play just for the satisfaction of figuring out the the clues and breaking in. The box even comes with some reflection cards that you can put in there as the teacher for things for them to discuss and think about, like, what was difficult, how did we work together as a team, that sort of thing. And that's all fine and good, but I know a lot of teachers that still put a little something in there, whether it's a piece of candy or a little homework pass. Um, Today it was, they have these little like fake dollars that they can use to spend on things at the school. And it was interesting because they, each kid that broke in got one and they were griping. Well, this was lame. We did all this work for like one little dollar, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at one of them and I said, well, if you don't like it, I can just take it away and you can just not have one. If it's not good enough for you. And the kid was like, oh, never mind. No, I'll take it. So it's interesting to see the, the kind of the mindset of kids and where they're going. And maybe it is a good idea that they have to learn to play for, uh, nothing because sometimes you have to work and you don't always get some sort of monetary reward. Um, And I think these games are really good for them because it teaches them to struggle. Um, Because I know I've seen a lot lately where the kids try something, they don't get it immediately. They throw their hands up in the air and they're like, this is too hard, I can't do it. And and they just give up. And that's not life. You got to keep going and you got to keep trying. I even had a group of teachers when I was introducing this game to them and showing them like, hey, you can do this with your kids. And five minutes into the game, even though we had the big long discussion about, oh, you know, this is important and kids need to learn to struggle and persevere and, you know, keep going when they figure it out. Five minutes in, they all gave up and they're like, this is hard. We don't want to do it. And the principal was like, yeah, let's just stop the game because they're not enjoying themselves. And I thought, wow, if we're talking about this is important for your kids and you can't even do it, um, this is, this is a problem. So... That's my uh, 
unasked for two cents on that subject. But yeah, kids need to struggle and they need to know what it's like to have to work hard and maybe not necessarily get a monetary reward for it because they're going to have to deal with that in life and life is going to be hard if that's what you're expecting. And uh, I think that's becoming more and more the mindset and we need to help them work toward uh, learning that that's not necessarily the reality. And that's it for breakout boxes. I've got some cool ideas on how you can do digital ones, but I'm going to save that for its own episode. But I would love to hear how you're using them. And I'd love to even see examples. So please feel free to tweet me at Laura B. Carr or um, find me on Instagram. It's at edtech underscore in underscore 10. Um, Because I love to learn from y'all because I'm definitely not an expert. I'm just trying to share any any information and ideas I have to hopefully make your life easier. So I hope wherever you are, you're having a wonderful day and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.